In this episode, we look at two strategies to help you when building a new habit. Get excited because this is Tiny Leaps Big Changes. Welcome to another episode of Tiny Leaps Big Changes, where I share simple strategies you can use to get more out of your life. My name is Greg Clunas, and in this episode, we are looking at two very simple, very basic approaches to building a new habit. And we're actually going to be taking a quick dive into the world of behavioral psychology. We are talking about classical conditioning and operant conditioning and the role that they play in our ability to build habits, to change behavior and so on and so forth. So this is going to be a super interesting episode. We're going to cover the surface of some of these topics, but as always, I will have links in the description if you want to dive deeper. Now, before we jump into the episode, let's take a look at today's sponsor. It's hard to find the time to sit down to read and learn more. And when you don't have free time, you can't read or work on personal development. Well, there's an incredible app for that, and it solves that problem with ease. I highly recommend it. It's called Blinkist. Blinkist is really unique, and it works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Successful people like business leaders are well known for reading a lot of books and Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of a book quickly so you can start using that information right away. And with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during your commute, on your lunch break or while you exercise. Just 15 minutes. 12 million people are using Blinkist right now, and it has a massive and growing library from self-help, business, health, to history books. It has the latest titles from bestsellers lists, as well as the classic nonfiction titles you always meant to read, but never had the time to. One of the books I've been meaning to read for a while is Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. It's one of those books that I hear about constantly, but I just haven't had a chance to pick up yet. Thankfully, with Blinkist, I can go through it in 15 minutes and then decide, do I want to pick up the full book or not? Either way, I get the information and I can walk away knowing what that book is about and using its insights to improve my life. With Blinkist, you can get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want, and all for one low price. And right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for Tiny Leaps listeners. Go to Blinkist.com slash Tiny Leaps to try it free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash tiny leaps to start your free seven day trial. And you'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at blinkist.com slash tiny leaps. 
for most of us, when we're trying to change our lives and to change our behavior on a day-to-day basis, we first think of habits. And this makes perfect sense because habits make taking action easy. If we want to accomplish something and we're able to take the chief behaviors responsible for that thing and turn it into a habit, something that we just engage in without having to think about or plan or stress about, something that we can just make happen, if we can take those behaviors and turn them into a habit, it becomes dramatically easier for us to actually follow through. And as we all know, if our behavior is in line with the things that we want and we're actually doing things every day to move towards it, we have a massively, massively increased chance of actually accomplishing it. So building a habit is incredibly desirable, but it also makes it easier in the long term for behavior changes to stick. So for example, if you start doing something new and you are over time able to create a habit out of it, you end up sticking to that thing for longer. You end up doing it for longer because it becomes a part of your identity. It becomes a part of what you engage in every single day. So building habits is something that I think we all really want to explore and look at in our own lives when it comes to our personal development. And there are two schools of thought around conditioning. When we look at the world of behavioral psychology and how people learn things, how people develop behaviors, how people develop certain responses to various stimuli, there are two schools of thought. The first is called classical conditioning and the second is called operant conditioning. So I'm going to quote a really well done article from verywellmind.com here, but you can find the link to this in the description if you want to go deeper. Classical conditioning is a technique frequently used in behavioral training in which a neutral stimulus is paired with a naturally occurring stimulus. Eventually, the neutral stimulus comes to evoke the same response as the naturally occurring stimulus, even without the naturally occurring stimulus presenting itself. Throughout the course of three distinct phases, the associated stimulus becomes known as the conditioned stimulus and the learned behavior is known as the conditioned response. So what does this mean? Well, I've got an example here from the same article. So let's go through that and then we're going to talk about how this relates back to building habits. So the example is, quote, John B. Watson's experiment with little Albert is a perfect example of the fear response. The child initially showed no fear of a white rat, but after the rat was paired repeatedly with loud, scary sounds, the child would cry when the rat was present. The child's fear also generalized to other fuzzy white objects. This experiment illustrates how phobias can form through classical conditioning. In many cases, a single pairing of a neutral stimulus, i.e. a dog, and a frightening experience, being bitten by the dog, can lead to a lasting phobia of being afraid of dogs. So what does this all mean? Well, to break it down, if we can pair something that we already do with something that we have no real feelings about, there's no hatred, there's no love towards it. It's just this thing that needs to get done. If we can pair those two together, it's more likely that the neutral stimulus, the thing that we don't really care that much about, starts gaining the same feelings around it as the naturally occurring stimulus, the thing that 
we enjoy, the thing that uh, already happens and already exists for us. Now, there's a few different ways that we can use this. One of them is something that I've discussed on this show about a lot called habit stacking. Now, habit stacking is when you take a habit that you've already developed, something as simple as, let's say, brushing your teeth, and you stack a new habit, something you're trying to develop on top of it. So instead of just brushing your teeth, you might brush your teeth and also floss if flossing is a habit you want to develop. Or as one of my guests suggested, while brushing your teeth, you stack on the habit of Uh, expressing what three things you're grateful for in that day. By taking one thing that we already do and stacking on something that we want to do on top of it, we start to associate those two things together. And because there's already a habit for the first task, it becomes easier and easier to keep showing up and keep doing the second task. This becomes the new habit. So that's one way that classical conditioning can be thought of and used to develop new habits. The other way is when we pair something that we don't really want to do, something that uh, we don't necessarily hate, but is maybe a little boring, maybe not that interesting, and we pair it with something that we truly enjoy doing. So if we go back to the original definition of classical conditioning, Classical conditioning is a technique frequently used in behavioral training in which a neutral stimulus is paired with a naturally occurring stimulus. Eventually, the neutral stimulus comes to evoke the same response as the naturally occurring stimulus. What does this mean? Well, it means that if we can pair things that we love, things we enjoy with things that maybe we don't care that much about, we don't expressly hate it, but we don't have that many feelings about it. It's a little boring. It's a little whatever. If we can pair those two things together, over time, we can actually start to have some of the same feelings about that neutral stimulus as we did with the naturally occurring stimulus. Now, there are caveats to this. For example, one of the quirks of classical conditioning is that over time, once the naturally occurring stimulus is removed, the feelings towards the neutral stimulus start to fade. And so we'll be talking about that in an episode dedicated to classical conditioning. But for now, What you need to understand is that either through habit stacking by putting the new habit on top of something that is already a habit or by pairing it with something that you enjoy, you can start to make it easier for yourself to keep doing the thing that you need to do, but maybe don't already have a habit for or don't particularly enjoy. Now, the second thing we need to talk about is operant conditioning. And to quote the same article from Very Well Mind, operant conditioning, sometimes referred to as instrument instrumental conditioning is a method of learning that occurs through reinforcements and punishments. Through operant conditioning, an association is made between a behavior and a consequence for that behavior. When a desirable result follows an action, the behavior becomes more likely to occur again in the future. Responses followed by adverse outcomes, on the other hand, become less likely to happen again in the future. End quote. So what does this mean? Well, let's look at an example from a second article on Very Well Mind that I also have linked up in the description. Uh, quote, if your child acts out during a shopping trip, you might give him a treat to get him to be quiet. Because you have positively reinforced the misbehavior, he will probably be more likely to act out again in the future in order to receive another treat. And just to bring up uh, a second example that they have here, they 
also mention in the exact same scenario, your child is acting out in a shopping trip, you're giving him or her a candy bar or something to keep him quiet. That's also reinforcing the behavior in you. So you are more likely the next time that child acts out to just give them a candy bar or something in order to get the favorable response of them being quiet. So what does this mean for our behavior for developing habits? Well, it really starts to look at the power of reward systems and also the drawbacks of reward systems. Because one of the things that operant conditioning lays out is that not only can we reinforce positive behaviors, but we can also reinforce negative behaviors based on receiving positive outcomes. So by developing a reward system for yourself when you are trying to develop a habit, so every time that you engage in this thing, you're going to give yourself this reward. You're going to benefit yourself in some way as a result of it. Or if just positive things come out of that behavior, then that by itself can be a reward. For example, I recently got into running and in the beginning, running was something that I dreaded. It really did not feel good. It was not uh, something that I really liked but I wanted to enjoy it. I wanted to give it a fair shot. And so I kept doing it. And one day I went for a run and I came back and the run itself was very difficult. But how I felt afterwards was a reward. It felt incredible. It felt like I was energized and ready to tackle my day. And so I showed up again the next time because I wanted to have that reward again. And this is why reward systems work. It gets you to engage in the behavior because we want to receive that reward. Again, now we do have to be careful here because that behavior can over time shift if the reward stops. If we keep trying to do this thing to gain a particular reward and that reward is getting harder and harder to get or it just disappears and we're no longer getting it, then we may not end up continuing to engage in that behavior because there is no reward at the end. And so operant conditioning is really valuable as a short-term tool to get ourselves to engage in a certain behavior or to stop ourselves from engaging in a certain behavior. And this is the power that punishments have by creating a negative outcome for a specific behavior. We're less likely to engage in that behavior. But over time, if we can't keep up that system of reinforcements and punishments, that behavior change can shift. And so we use it as a tool to develop habits or routines that can then stick around in the long term. And the last thing I want to leave you here with is that operant conditioning and classical conditioning do not have to work on their own. They can work together. You can design a system of rewards and punishments, a system of uh, neutral stimulus with positive stimulus in order to get yourself to change your behavior, both in the short term through the reinforcements, the punishments, the reward system, as well as over the long term by changing the way you think about about it by pairing it with something you love and starting to develop some of those feelings towards it. So there's a lot here that we just could not get into. It's outside of the scope of this show, but I do highly recommend that you check out the articles linked in the description as well as doing some of your own research. This is such an interesting topic and while it's not always immediately applicable, it's not always something that we can always look at and say, oh, I'll start doing this and all of a sudden my life will change. It is fascinating to 
figure out how the mind works, figure out what the limitations are on our ability to change ourselves and to start making changes within those constraints. So thank you so much for being here. Again, check out the links in the description for more information. I've been Greg Clunas. Be sure to click subscribe wherever you are tuning in today. And as always, remember that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day, every day, every day.